one of the questions I, I wanted to ask that just kind of kept creeping up for me is, why aren't you happy? Uh, yeah, well, we, it might be some of those exact same things. But there's a, there's a part of me, we live in a smart town, and there, there's a part of me that, in, in, okay, so as I talk about this, just know I really struggle with this. All right, so anything I'm shooting at you, I'm shooting right at me as well. Like, I'm just shooting my toes left and right. If you're so smart, and we got a lot of smart people, then why aren't you happy? If we have all the things, all the stuff, access to more information and more fun things right at our fingertips, why aren't you happy? I, I really had to wrestle with this. This came to a head for me during COVID. Because I was provided for, I had everything, but I was extremely irritable. Just ask my kids and my, my spouse. And I, I had to wrestle more with me than any other thing. I'm like, what is going on? Why? Like, I'm preaching. I'm preaching about happiness and joy and purpose, and I have all these things. At the same time, I have to wrestle with me, and there's this, I'm not an angry person. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to go shout you down or anything like that. It's very much not me. At the same time, I could sense like this low level of irritability, this low level of anger, like a, a level two, but it was just always there. And I, what is this? Because I'm not an angry person. And I'm like, why can I, what's, what is this? And I got a sense that a lot of you during COVID or even now we're two, three years away still struggle with this of, of what, why can't I just be happy? For me, I had to deal with a lot of things rec recognizing that, um, you know, I, I struggle with anxiety. A lot of my irritability had nothing to do with me being angry or being irritable. It was the fact that I was anxious. We, I had to really do some digging underneath the, my symptoms to see, well, I like to be in control. And there was nothing that I was in control of. I like to know what to do. I like to know to have the answers. And guess what? In 2020, nobody had any answers, and we still don't. And so that raised anxiety. I was like, I didn't know I wrestled with anxiety until COVID. And then I, now that I name it, now that I know that, I can name it. And I can, I can take steps forward into dealing with that. And I would say, underneath your happiness or your non-happiness, there's something deeper that's going on. Something that says, I'm not enough. Something that says, I'm not wanted. I'm not loved. Something that says, I'm just a, a paycheck to my kids. Something that says I, 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 I'm not valued, I have no value. Something that, that, that hits at some very dark stuff in our lives. So I want to talk about this because this really has an impact on just our joy in life, our peace in life, our purpose in life. What, what story are you, you telling yourself? And so as we go through this, I also realized I got a Baptist background in, my, in myself. So you talk about happiness, all right? And, and I've actually said this in a sermon too, and I agree with it theologically. It's like, Mike, God is more concerned about your holiness than he is about your happiness, you know? Um, he, he, and, and yes, God wants you to, to live rightly. And so it seems almost like 
so vain to talk about being happy. But can I tell you something? God does want you to be happy. Jesus starts his sermon out in, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those, happy are those. Um, he, he does want you to live blessed. But as we're going to find out in this series, happiness is far different from how the world defines happiness and how Jesus describes it, what we attribute to that. So I do want to just, just at least set you up with that context in mind. We're going to use the word happy, but it can have far different meanings and far different consequences for you and I. For instance, happiness can be based off of happening, happenings. Who's, who's my dog lovers in, in here? All right, who's my cat lovers? Cat people, cat people, cat people, all right. So some of you might have the, when you see some of these memes or you like cats, I think we got a picture up here of a cat. Yeah, this is my happy face. Look at that cat, so happy. All right, who's the cat haters? Anyone don't like cats? All right, so um, you might, uh, right there, free cat, it says uh, there. So you uh, different, uh, I know, that's bad, that's bad. Can I show that in church? Can we do that? I'm gonna blame the media person for that. Um, yeah, that's better, that's better. Um, different things can make you happy. But also, just some of you guys are like, you're like, oh, uh, uh, Rita and I go by the same. We offend early and often, all right? So um, anyway, I don't know if that's good or not. Um, movies, they just filmed a movie in town, Oppenheimer, right? Who, we all saw that. The whole town was just like excited and buzzing about Oppenheimer and all that sort of stuff. You know, we're going crazy about it. Comes out next year. But they also filmed the movie Brothers here in Los Alamos. All right. Did anybody see this? This movie? we were all excited. Like Spider-Man was in town. Natalie Portman, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Pe and people were going crazy. Did you watch this movie? Do not watch this movie. It's horrible. It is like the worst movie I've ever seen. We all went to the movie theater and we're like, oh, 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 oh. It was just terrible, terrible, terrible. So like different things can can get you excited and then send you right down. Cowboys two and one. All right. We're all excited. But we all know the crash is coming, all right? So um, I, I, all that to say, uh, you can define happiness based off of happenings, all right? Happiness based off of happenings, and that will fade just as quickly as the smile does when you do the selfie. You've seen it before. You get the selfie, everyone smiles, hey, and then... We're back to the normal face. That's the roller coaster, and that's the roller coaster I want to get us off of. Happiness is better when it's based off of God's plan for your life. The book of Philippians that Paul writes to this church is, is filled with a letter of joy. It is a letter of hope. And, and so that's what I want to give you. Now, I realize there's going to be some people here who you're just checking out Christianity. You're kind of skeptical. And I think that's okay. Like, I'm glad you're here to come and check it out because I kind of be skeptical too. What, what is all this happiness and this joy talk and stuff like that? Well, I want to I lean in over the next five or six weeks as we journey through this, and we're just going to see how this might play out in a, in a way that tells a better story. That's the other question I want to ask. What story are you telling? Paul said, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And we can tell different stories and different narratives because Paul had every reason to be bitter whenever he was uh, with the, thinking about these people and the circumstances that he was with with the Philippians. But he chose to be grateful, which happiness hint number one, if you want to write this down and take notes, happy people are grateful people. Happy people are grateful people. The other day I was driving down the, the, the 
the hill. We're going to Espanola. I'm with me and, and my boys. And so uh, I just decided, hey, I'm going to be a good dad here. And uh, we'll strike up a conversation. I said, boys, tell me something you're grateful for. What's something that, that, that you're you know, thankful for? And the first thing that comes out of my son's mouth, he says, I have absolutely nothing to be thankful for this morning. Uh, no, that's Jeremiah. <laughs> Charlie started ripping off. I'm like, oh, no, we're not going here. All right. So I just started, I started laying in. Let's say, I said, well, let's first, let's start with this. You woke up in a bed with covers. You had a roof over your house. You had air conditioning. And now you are traveling while seated in a vehicle that's going several miles an hour. And he was like, okay, 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 I get it, I get it. You know, like that, stop, all right? But I think naturally, we tend to take things for granted. We forget to be grateful. This is the first thing that he starts off with, is when I think of you, I th thank God for you. And he starts out with his gratitude. For many of us, we can take people for granted rather than giving them gratitude, grat having gratitude for them. A lot of times, and this happens more with the people who we love the most, the people who we are with the most, we take them for granted. Often it's what can I get from you or what can you do for me? I need you to get ready. Let's go. All these things that I want you to do for me to, to help me feel comfortable or make me happy. And Paul starts out here with a great model to say, I thank God for you. But I also said it didn't start out that way. Because thinking of you, thinking of you, Philippian church, is a reminder of where I am not. Ever since Paul accepted Christ, he got knocked off his horse, he got knocked down, and he had this miraculous conversion, gives his life to Christ, he had this dream to go preach in Rome, the center of that world at that time, the most powerful place, the epicenter, uh, where he could reach the most powerful people and reach the most people. I kind of have a, a, a I, I kind of think that Paul might have had a dream to rent out the Colosseum, fill it up for weeks on end and just preach revival sermons after revival sermons and just seeing waves and waves of people getting saved. But where is Paul in this? He's in Rome, but he's in a prison, handcuffed to a guard, day in, day out. When I think of you, I think about how God is not helping me get where I want to go. When I think of you, I think of where I am not and how this dream has been shattered. He could have gone there. When I think of you, I think how I was never even supposed to be there. I didn't even want to be at, in Philippi. He could have gone there. If you read in Acts chapter 16, where he meets this beautiful church that he gives thanks for, this is how it comes down. He says, then he was on this mission trip. He's starting all these churches, starting all these churches. And he says, coming to the borders of Mycenae, this is in, in Acts chapter 16, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go there. So he's trying to be on mission for God. He's trying to start churches. He's trying to do all the things that you'd be like, God, I'm on your team. Here we go. And it says, not Satan, not the enemy blocked him, but who? God did. God was shutting doors from starting missions and starting churches. I could imagine being Paul in that saying, what? 
Are you serious? I'm on your team. So instead, they, went, they kept on going. They went through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. This is where Philippi's at. So sometimes God will just straight up bypass, bypass your plans and your agendas for your happiness or what you think is on the agenda for what is on his. When I think of you, I think about all the things I wanted to do, but God just blocked me time and time again. No, when I think of you, there's plenty of other things that God did. When he went there, people got healed. People got saved. Lydia was one of the first converts. He meets her and they got saved and then they start this church. But not only did they start this church and they start to see some people get healed and see some people get saved. When I think of you, I think about how I got beat up and how I got sent to prison. Because it wasn't long after God started doing some things, watch what happens. Acts chapter 16, just a few verses later. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. This is in Philippi. The city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. When I think of you, I think about how that was not a fun mission trip. When I think about you, I think about how just God was against me the whole time. See, you have a choice. This is going to be a lot of where we, 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 we go in this. Happiness, happiness is a choice. You're, you're as happy as you choose to be. Now, we don't have to like the things that are happening to us, all right? He didn't like these things. But happiness, as we will see throughout this book, is a byproduct of right thinking and a byproduct of right living. These are habits, choices that you make day in and day out. When you don't feel like it, when you're not happy, when you do feel like it. That I am going to make the choice to think rightly, I give thanks for you. Even though there was a lot of junk, I'm going to focus on the good. Who, who in your life are you taking for granted? Who in your life do you need to be a little bit more grateful for and thank God for? And the good things. Because if, if this is a habit that you, you know this, you know this, like, you, okay, yeah, be grateful for people. We all know this. But it's harder to do. It is easier for me to walk into a room and pick it apart and say, well, you're doing this wrong, and this isn't picked up, and this is wrong, and this wrong, versus, like, I, I'm, I thank God for you. Yes, we've got to deal with the junk, but that's more me. That's more my stuff and my junk. I can walk into a room and pick it apart and not be grateful. That's my natural go-to. This is a habit. This is a habit, like a muscle that you develop. Happy people are grateful people. Happy people pray with joy for other people. He says, whenever I pray, I make my request for you, for all of you, with joy. Who is somebody that irritates you? And don't point. Who is somebody that irritates you? Are you praying for them? Are you praying for them with joy? And not just complaining about them? When I think about you, when I pray for you, I pray for you with joy. For you have been partners in spreading the good news with Christ from the time you first heard about it until now. He's saying there's a bigger picture here in life. There's a bigger purpose here that we're trying to achieve here. 
And despite all the obstacles, despite all the things that went down, there's a bigger thing that's happening. The Philippians had, had, had funded a lot of his mission trips and helped him out in so many ways. And here's this personal letter of thanks. This is a message today. I want, this is a message today for people who you're, you're, you're drowning. You're, where you are in a valley, for those who want to give up, I'm, I, as I was preaching this today, I was thinking about this is preaching to Mike back in 2020, who was in a dark spot, who didn't see a lot of the joy, who was trying to just grab and reach for different things to say, keep going. This is for the mom where day in and day out when you're with your kids and you feel more like a, a referee in a UFC fighting match than you do for a mom. And you're not feeling all the gratitude and the joy at the, at the time. This is for the person who just got the diagnosis and it hit. This is for the person who feels stuck in a place that they shouldn't be. Hello, Los Alamos. I'm supposed to be in Rome under the city lights reaching people, but I'm in a jail cell in prison right now. And you're feeling stuck in Los Alamos saying, how did I get here? When can I get out? We have a choice on where we are going to put our trust and our joy. Paul gives them vision. Joyful people have a bigger vision than the, the current thing that is happening right now. Can we all admit that what he is dealing with right now, because not only is he in jail and prison, like he's awaiting execution. He's awaiting torture, and he has been tortured and beaten. He has no privacy. He has no rights in this, in this moment here. Can we admit that this is an overwhelming situation that seems completely unfair and unjustified, like God is against him in this moment here? And then he gives this beautiful truth of a vision that we can anchor in and have some hope in in this moment. He says, I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished when the, on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, when a fight happens in my house with the boys, I walk in the room, I say, who started it? <laughs> right? And they're both like, uh, you know. And then sometimes I'm like, hell, if dad's got to get involved, guess what? I didn't start it, but I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what you get with God? God started it, and he's finishing it. All right, so I don't know what the enemy has thrown your way, what he has tried to discourage you with or divide or distract or anything like that. He might have started it, but God says, no, 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 no. I'm the author. I'm the got the end of this story, and I'm the one who's going to finish this. And Paul gives some vision for the Philippians to say, hey, I'm certain that with God, you can trust that he is faithful. Even when you're not faithful, he's faithful. He began a good working with you, good work with you. He's not going to just leave you hanging. He is with you now, and he will continue to be until Christ comes back. And then we're going to be with him in his presence forever. So he sets some vision for some people. So you're tired. You're overwhelmed, frustrated with where you are not at. I should be further in life by now. I'm feeling stuck. I want to quit in your current season. Maybe you've lost a relationship. 
maybe you've gotten knocked down. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you feel like you have a setback, we serve a Savior. That might be providing a setup for you. That when that gravestone came over the grave and all looked like all hope was lost, Jesus rose from the dead and gave us victory. Because the stone rolled away, because Jesus is alive again, I don't care what the circumstances has, that's the hope of a Christian. That is our foundation. That is our anchor. So when he is looking at his situation, my hope, my happiness is not in my happenings. It's not in my circumstances. It is built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you vision to, to look at him. Fix your eyes on Jesus and he'll get there in Philippians chapter 3. All right, but he's just setting it up here. I'm I have my confidence in that. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I knew someone who their, their husband had committed adultery. And this woman, she went to bed that night. He got caught. He got busted. And it was really bad. And they immediate separation and things are going. And she shared about that first night when she's at home in her bed all alone and the kids went their way and she's just sick she can't breathe she's drowning she can't eat she's nauseous she can't sleep and in all of that desperation in which you can imagine she's screaming out to God she's crying out to God and she knows Psalm 23 Hey, yay, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, your, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They're with me. She said, God, he wasn't there. I didn't feel him. I didn't hear from him. It's like she was all alone. And you can imagine just how gut-wrenching that would be, and then you go to your father who's supposed to be there, and he's not. He's supposed to be comforting, and he's not. But she still held on to God, although she had lots of questions. Thank goodness we have a, we have a God. Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. Like, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. So in the years of anguish, the years of seeking, the, the years of asking, the years of questioning, and it is okay if you're in those moments, to question God. God, where are you? God, you left me. She kept holding on, but she kept asking. And she came across a sermon one day where God just totally spoke to her. And this was for her in that situation. The pastor that day was given an illustration of a toddler who was just learning to walk. The beauty of that moment when they take those first few steps. And as a toddler begins to walk, you know how it is for the moms and dads. You let them go and you're cheering them on. But there for a while, you kind of got to hold their hand as they're going up some steps and stuff like that, you know, because they might crash and fall and they still don't have all of those things. But there comes a certain time when, when, when you know, you got to hold on to them, right? You got to hold on to that child. But then there comes a time when you kind of graduate to where you kind of stick this finger out. And then all of a sudden they're holding on to you. And then there comes this moment, and it just happens gradually all, all over time, but there's a time when that finger goes away, and guess what? The child 
is not holding the hand anymore, but they are now walking on their own, taking their own steps. And the, the pastor was sharing in this model that a good father, a good mom, a good parent, eventually says, my, my son or daughter is strong enough to walk now. My son or daughter has the coordination to take steps now. They, they, I'm, I'm, I'm here with them, but they are matured enough, they are strong enough that they can take some steps now. And what God spoke to her in that moment for her, as she was crying her guts out that night, and God wasn't there, he seemingly had left her alone, she saw that he actually was there. And he said, baby girl, you're strong enough to walk now. I'm right here with you, but you got your legs now. In this season of pain, you are actually getting stronger now. In this season that you wouldn't, as she would put it in her words, I wouldn't choose that. But I wouldn't change it either because I'm stronger now. My faith in Jesus grew more now. I went through hell over here, but God was with me and now I can run now I can soar. The, the God who created you has vision for you that says, hey, I, you know, you're crawling right now, but keep going because eventually you're going to stand up. But keep going because eventually you're going to take a step. But keep going, you're going to walk. That's the vision that Paul has for you to say, I know it feels like you're abandoned, but this is actually good for you and your growth and God's with you. Trust him. He is the author, the finisher. He started it. He's going to finish it. Keep going. So I'm there's somebody here today who's wanting to walk away, and the message is don't give up. Don't give up. He's there. He's with you. Keep walking one step at a time. Paul chooses the story. What story are you telling yourself? He's, he goes on in verse, verse 12. He says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, and we'll talk about this more next week, that everything, everything that's happened to me, I want you to be able to be happy no matter what happens to you in life. You may not like it, but I can have joy and happiness no matter what happens in life. Everything that has happened to me here has helped spread the good news. I'm not living for popularity. I'm not living for power. I'm not living for status. Paul's on purpose right here. Paul has his priorities in check. Happiness comes with being on purpose, on the right point. Not my point, but his, God's point. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, underline that, the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. Flip forward to the very last, nah, second to last verse in this book. Philippians 4.22. Right at the very end of this story, as he wraps this up, he says, all of the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household, which means he was chained to Caesar's guards. Who's chained to who? This is the greater vision. I'm in chains, but I'm free. God has a greater plan and purpose. I wanted to reach Caesar. I wanted to reach Rome. I'm here, and now they're sending them to me. These guards change every like four to six hours. I got a new one here. And some of them evidently got saved, even in Caesar's household. 
What story are you telling? Tell a better story. One of faith that says God's got something in this. If you can't give thanks for what God is doing around you, okay, I get it to you. There's a lot of things going on. I can't give thanks to God for that. I don't like it. I don't want it. It's okay to point to that objectively and say that's evil, all right? I'm not just saying we just blow smoke and just like, oh, yeah, well, that stinks, and I'm going to do cartwheels and say that's great. No, I can look at it and say that's not good. But if I can't give thanks to what God is doing around me, I can certainly give thanks to what he's doing inside me. And I'm going to trust that he's doing something even better through this. If the enemy's coming at me, or if God's, he must have something better on the other side. And so that's what I'm going to put my faith in. Oh, by the way, while Paul is chained and he wants to go reach Rome, he didn't just sit there idly just talking to those disciples or talking to those, to those guards. You know what else he did? He wrote letters. He wrote a bunch of letters to churches, which we now read and have been reading for centuries. Which one do you think had a bigger impact? Rome and the Colosseum, which he never made it to, that we know of, or these letters. What story are you telling? I believe in a God who can do immeasurably more than you can think or imagine. And I believe he wants that for your life. But the story we tell has so much to do with how much joy we have, how much peace we have in our life, how, the purpose that we live. And this is what Paul is setting up in this verse. When I think of you, I think of God. And when I am in chains, everybody here knows why I'm in chains. And some of them are even getting saved. We can celebrate that today. Last thing. Happiness hint. Remember why. Remember why. Why, why are you here? Paul started, he says, this is a letter from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I know I'm in chains. I'm a, like a slave to Rome right now. But guys, I'm nothing without Jesus. It doesn't matter what I do or what I have on my resume or what do I achieve or what people think of me. I'm a slave, a doulos, and it says in the Greek. I have nothing if I don't have Christ in my life. This is what Jesus starts his sermon out as on the Sermon on the Mount. Very first words that come out. Bless, God blesses those, happy are those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Why are you here? Not in this room. Why are you here on this planet? For a relationship with God. This God who loves you. Who wants to talk to you who's given you purpose and value in life. And we have everything coming against us to say, no, that's not good enough. You need something else. That's not good enough. You need something else. No, I'm going to choose to remember why. I'm poor in spirit, meaning I bring nothing to the table. God has given me everything I need, and I'm going to anchor in on that. That's where our joy is going to come from. That's where our foundation is coming from. And that's where Paul sets the table, sets the table for joy. This life is not about me. It's centered on him. We get that backwards. We center it on us, our joy, gone. Centered on him, that'll be your foundation. Joy, freedom, forgiveness, life, purpose will follow. Let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired. 
to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.